It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Great deal going on. You put in five bucks on the Stanley Cup finals, you get $100 in free plays if you're a new customer. All right. Now, joined by a very, uh, very special man, Mr. Al Terry, father of Dalen Terry. Um, Al, let's just cut right to it. Every kid's dream, no matter what they say, is to play NBA basketball. It's not to play college, it's to ultimately get to the NBA. You guys are about 24 hours away from that. What's it feel like right now? Absolutely surreal. Surreal, man. I could not be more amazed or excited uh, for him and what's to come. I mean, this is just absolutely incredible, man. There's no words to really describe it. Okay, take us through the draft process a little bit because obviously he declared – and kept all the doors open, you know, so maybe come back. But you wanted to see what NBA teams thought of Dalen. What was the feedback like? And just kind of take us through this past month, 45 days. Oh, wow. It's been incredible. So, you know, you had the, the signing there on 423 at mm-hmm. Finney's Landing. And then he was gone for two months. This is literally, you know, last night at midnight was the first time I've seen the kid in, in two, two and a half months, man. He's right. been uh, quite a grueling process for him. He trained out in LA for two weeks um, before he started doing his first couple workouts. And initially, you know, we've got nothing but great feedback um, from every team he worked out for. You know, some workouts he shot it better than others. But ultimately, once people got to to meet him, feel his energy in the gym and how the temperature raises where he's more of a thermostat right to kind of set the temperature um you know it was nothing but positive feedback man it was it was a good experience you and i were talking a little bit off air but um you know when dalen declared i thought that there was a pretty good chance he would stay in and the main reason why is because yes people scout basketball players but when you really get to see him he's legitimately he's six foot seven He's got a guard handle. He's not, you know, he's not 6'5 with a shooting guard handle. He's got a real guard handle. And the game comes naturally to him. Like, 
the first time I saw him play, you know, he was a freshman at Del Sol, long and lanky, and you're wondering, is he going to, you know, grow into his arms? And he's whipping passes around. The kids just don't do that age. So when the scouts started to see all of that, it became kind of apparent that, wow, this is a guy that NBA teams are going to be really interested in. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I want to say the very first workout he had, they told him, if you go back to school, you need to tell them that you cannot play off the ball anymore. You need to play on the ball. That is your true position. Once they saw how he handled the pick and roll, navigated it, handling all the uh, read and react plays that they were throwing at him, they said, you're a point guard. You should not be on the wing. Right. So. Now, defensively, what have, team, what have teams talked about with him? Because I would assume they're pretty enticed by what he can do defensively. Of course, you know, they're always looking at the length, you know, that seven one, seven foot wingspan, whatever they're wanting to measure it at, um, along with his intensity and his will to win allows him to, you know, really be uh, wreak havoc in the passing lanes, um, make it difficult for smaller guards to to get off, you know, their shots. And so, you know, everybody's really excited. I think that will be his calling card. When he first gets into the league, you know, they're not going to probably look at him to be a go-to scorer or anything like that, but they're going to expect him to, to play defense. And, you know, he's fully, fully capable and ready to take that on. Now, have there been any teams that have shown maybe more interest than others? Do you have any idea, you know, through the agent where you're expecting Dalen to land, anything like that? Uh, no, not really. Uh, right. I mean, it, it's it's pretty everybody's playing everything close to the vest and honestly right. mike you know no one can be trusted they'll tell us one thing and really be looking the other direction the whole time in order to try to make somebody else jump at something so at the end of the day we're just gonna you know count our blessings and wait for his name to be called and hope it's you know wherever it is we're gonna be grateful it doesn't really matter I had a prospect one time say, you know what? I wasn't looking for one promise from a team. I was looking for them about seven promises because they're going to tell you anything right there. So let's now let's just kind of take through the journey of, you know, high school, get into the U of A, then obviously going pro. Was there a point? Was there a point when you knew that your son could do things on the basketball court that just other kids could truly try to do, but just couldn't quite do? Man, I think it was when... His freshman year at Corona was mm -hmm. like, I always thought he was good. But as a dad, you know, you're always a critic, especially playing the game, you know, on, on some levels. I have a good understanding for what good basketball looks like. And I used to right. always lose my mind as a point guard because he would leave his feet, jump up in the air and pass the ball. And I'd be like, dude, stay on your feet. Dude, right. stay on your feet. Um, and so I was like, I don't know. I don't know. And then his freshman year, I think it was like week two, UCLA showed up. And I was like, wait, UCLA's here? Right. Um, yeah, maybe there's something to this, right? Right. Um, and then, you know, once he left Corona del Sol and I saw him, um, man, it was that, it was that, uh, I have it pinned on a tweet on um, my profile for Twitter. He, he went to the ASU basketball camp with Hillcrest for the first time and he, he made three or four guys miss and then came up with this George Gervin finger roll. Right. And it was like, holy cow. Right. Okay. The level just went up and he just went up two levels. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. And uh, I think at that point I was like, oh, this is this, he has a future at this. I wonder what it's going to look like. But at that point I kind of knew he's special. 
You know what it was? It's kind of like the quote that he uh, put out a while back that, you know, where he said, I'd rather try to get better in the NBA against professionals than be a star in college. And that's much, that's kind of what you're saying right there. The best players elevate their game against the best competition. And honestly, you saw that throughout his sophomore season. We're going to, we'll get to that in just a minute, but then just kind of take us through recruiting a little bit. So obviously Dalen, I personally thought that he, that he was a top 25 kid. I, I couldn't believe that there was other guys that were six foot seven that could handle pass like him. But so the recruiting, you know, recruiting comes, you got a lot of different options. What made you decide on Arizona? Well, you know, ultimately we try to empower Dalen as his parents to, to make good decisions. We allow him to weigh the options, but at the end of the day, I wasn't going to have to go to any single practices, go to anything down in Tucson. So it was his decision. And I don't think it was a hard decision for him. Uh, he's always been a Wildcat fan, you know, growing up here in Phoenix, being born here in Phoenix. Uh, he's been, you know, he's followed the Wildcats for a long time, had a great relationship with Mike Bibby, uh, even prior to him coming for his short stint over at Hillcrest. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't think it was really a tough decision at all for him. Right. Um, so. So he really kind of takes off this year. You know, he becomes a kind of a, a jack of all trades, for lack of a better term, rebounder, passer, defender. What what did you see from him this sophomore year as far as development that, you know, you guys were really going for? Um, in terms of development, what I wanted him to do was just have a lot more confidence with his shot. I felt like early in the season he was a reluctant shooter and teams were really sagging off of him. And I want to say it might have been game 10. It was that home game against ASU. Um, where he had a rough go at it. They were able to squeak out and get the W. But I think uh, after that, he had a meeting with the coaching staff and they, you know, they really implored him to to be confident and to get his shot off uh, more often and be confident about taking it. And I think at that point, um, he hit a lot more than he right. had hit previously. So, you know what he is too? He's a timely shooter. We were at oh, the pack. We're the Pac-12 tournament. Well, let's let's talk about TCU for a second. That three-pointer that he made to then tie the game when it looked like Arizona was on, on the ropes right there, that's yeah. one of those things you can't teach. You either have yeah. that or you don't have that, Al. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And if, if I recall, he, he, he didn't have a great game offensively right. that game. I think he shot two for eight that game, but the two shots that he made right. were huge shots you know shots that if you don't have confidence in yourself you're not taking those shots right, right? Those are shots you're passing off so um you know just just could not be more excited for him and the opportunity but how he played during the tournament you know like you said it he right. kept raising his level every time you know they came up against a new challenge it seemed like he stepped up all right let's talk about dalen the person here a little bit first got to do a quick draft kings read DraftKings okay. Sportsbook app, code word PHNX, put in five bucks, get $100 in free plays. Stanley Cup finals are going on. But the other time you want to hop on the DraftKings Sportsbook app is the NBA draft is tomorrow. Something that Al's probably going to be following very, very closely. 21 and up, Arizona only. You got a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Again, a lot of people are sliding Dalen in somewhere between about 16 and 23. If you think he's going to be going in there, hop on the DraftKings Sportsbook app again, code word PHNX. Okay, everybody's always talked about Dalen as, you know, he's just a happy-go-lucky kid. What you see out there is kind of what you get. Has he always kind of been that way? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. He, you know, he's faced a lot of adversity in his life and he's found a way to make lemons out of lemonade no matter what you do. He's always kept a joyful spirit and, you know, just a love for the game. I feel like basketball is a sanctuary for him where he can go and kind of block out the noise and really pour his heart in, you know, really express himself. And I think that's what he does in the game. He's really expressing himself um, through the game. Right. So you got uh, you got some Kobe Bryant stuff over your shoulder right there. Did you oh, yeah, yeah. Did he grow yeah. up in a Kobe? Did he grow up in a Kobe house? Well, he converted the house to Kobe. Okay. Okay. So right. um, you know, my generation, I was a huge Michael Jordan fan. Right. Uh I actually did not like the Lakers. Um I was um I was a I'm a I'm from New England, so I was yeah. a Boston Celtic fan. Um, once I got off the Michael Jordan bandwagon. And right. so um, when Kobe came to Boston and they lost, I forget what year it was, we were actually uh, in 2008. Yeah, 2008. Right. And we were actually in Connecticut. And I considered myself a, a Kobe hater, mm -hmm. um, you know, just because he was so good and he was so cocky. I was just like, ah, oh, nah. And, you know, from the time Dylan was nine, he was like writing down drills to become a legend. And he was emulating everything he saw Kobe doing in terms of his drills. And so, um, you know, it inspired his little brothers. One of them mm -hmm. who was just hopping in over my shoulder over here. And so this was something that they wanted a couple of years ago. We went down to Mexico and uh, it ended up in my office. Right. And then so, well, I mean, there's a lot worse players that you can emulate than Kobe Bryant right there, especially when it comes to work ethic. Yeah. So what are you, uh, you know, so when you, you look at the next stage, then going into the NBA, what's uh, are, are you guys have like, you know, individual goals? Is it just to get out on the court? What's, uh, you know, take us through the next couple of years, how you'd like to see Dalen develop? Yeah, you know, I think it, it's going to we're going to take it one step at a time, find out what whatever organization he goes to, what they're looking for, what they need from him. Obviously, you got to put the team first um, and your development second in terms of what they're looking for to get you on the floor. So um, I expect him to go in and do what he's done for everyone. You know, he went in with Sean Miller that first year as a freshman, played quite a few minutes completely out of his normal position. But no one ever heard a word. Right. From him. Right. He, he grew a lot that year. And I knew at that point he had what it take to be a pro. So I expect him to go in with the same type of hard hat mentality with his lunchbox, doing whatever they ask of him to and be in a positive influence on his team to contribute to a winning culture and, and wins. Now, he had the ball a lot more in his hands this uh, this um, this sophomore year. People were able to see, you know, more of what he could do, especially from the passing facilitating. Um, when Tommy Lloyd took over, did he talk about how he wanted Dalen to be more of a facilitator? You know what he did? He did. He uh, that was the one of the first things Tommy said. He said, hey, Dalen, just so you know, I'm not going to stick you in the corner. You're going to get right. to the ball. That was one of the first things right. he said. Um, which obviously was music to Dalen's ears. And it, it it kept Dalen from being one of those kids to hop in the portal just to make Tommy recruit him again. Right. Uh, you know, and, you know, as you guys probably know, Dalen's extremely loyal. So he wanted to make it as easy as possible once he knew he was going to have a chance to rock. You know, what's cool about Dalen, too, is that he's got he's he's got the capability of looking back at his U of A career in 10, 12 years. This really this class that he came with really elevated Arizona back onto the national scene between Dalen, between Benedict Mather and Azulis Tabellis. 
I mean, that's really the backbone of what we saw this past year, Al, this resurgence when it comes to U of A basketball. So that's certainly something that he should be proud of. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I don't I don't think there's a, a, a bit of regret or disdain at all. I think it was clearly the best basketball year of his life. He took a huge leap from his freshman to sophomore year. And I know he loved his teammates. And you, I mean, everybody who saw the game could tell how happy they were uh, mm-hmm. as he ended out there playing for each other. So it was, it was definitely one of his best years. Now you caught my attention a little bit. You talked, I posted something about uh, Cody Williams the other day. Do you keep, do you keep in touch or, you know, do you keep base on the uh, Arizona high school scene still? Oh, absolutely. So the youngest one that's here mm-hmm. that was just in there, he's a seventh grader. Okay. And so um, after watching Dalen go through the process, the AAU process, and then him playing on a couple other teams and just feeling like there was a gap between coaching and teaching and, yeah. you know, club basketball where they just roll the ball out and best athletes wins versus teaching people how to use screens, understanding how to read and react to defenses and things like that. I decided to get involved. Mm -hmm. Uh, So for the last year and a half, I've been coaching a club program called the Valley elite, which quickly be converting over to DT elite. Once he, uh, once he finds where he's going. And, um, you know, we've, so I have no choice. I have no choice. I'm constantly at a tournament somewhere. Well, it's always, too, it's super underrated, too, when you have a father that knows how to navigate the process. I mean, just look at you. You put him into Corona del Sol, which at the time, like you talked about, you've got Saban Lee. You've got Alex Barcelo. You're coming off having Marvin Bagley there. Then the next step is putting him into Hillcrest. What did he gain from maybe that first year at del Sol and then making that making that big jump to Hillcrest right there? Well, I think what what we gained that first year – um, we may have not been able to build upon the second year. He didn't have the same cast of teammates. Right. And the philosophy was a little different. And so um, while we loved our time with Coach McDonald, I got to the point where I was realizing, you know, he was practicing against two D1 guards every single day all the time. Right. right. And I knew they were going to work him hard. Well, that second year, he was one of the top dogs on the team. So who's who's pushing you right. at that point? And so uh, especially when you're a sophomore. Right. 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 So who's and if nobody's pushing you, then how much better are you really going to get? And so there was a call from uh, Coach Washington up at Finley Prep and they were interested in Dalen coming out to Finley Prep. And uh, so Hillcrest was really my effort to keep my kid from leaving and going right, to Nevada. Right, and right. so I called, I actually called Hillcrest and was like, Hey, how would you like to have a six, six point guard? Right. And he was like, Are you serious? And I was like, yeah, I am. And right. he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'd love to have him. Uh, can he come in and work out next week? Yep. Yeah. He can be there. And so, um, and the, again, the thought philosophy behind that was he's going to play against D one talent all the time. And potential pros. So what do I want to do? Do we want to stay playing AIA and play against one or two D1 players once every other week? Or do we want to play against pros and D1 players every single day? And then the thing about it, too, is then it gets you ready even more so for college because essentially it's a college preparatory type system right there. All these guys have the same exact dreams right there. They're all pushing themselves. It's not, you know, kids that are just playing basketball uh, to stay in shape for baseball or football season. You know, right. Right. And then you and, and what you see is that you see all the same kids 
progressing along. Like I remember when he played against uh, Mount Verde and Scotty Barnes. I remember him playing against IMG, like and all those dogs that that IMG had Musa Diabata and mm-hmm. um, you know all all those guys, Mark Williams. Like I remember these games like it was yesterday, traveling all over. Um, and really being exposed to the game in a way that not everybody gets an opportunity to do, even even so much as going to China and right. playing against pros there. Like it was it was an incredible journey. Right. You know, to get to this point. All right. So one more read again, DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. Well, if you're not watching the NBA draft tomorrow, you should be watching the NBA draft tomorrow. What are you doing? Arizona could have possibly three guys going into the first round, the son of which uh, I'm talking to right now. Again, uh, 21 and up, Arizona only. You've got a gambling issue called 1-800-NEXT-STEP. This is the only place you need to be. All right, Al, before we sign off here, uh, what are your thoughts going to be on Arizona, Dalen's time at Arizona, and what are your hopes going forward You know, with the young man that you've developed into the NBA? Man, uh, I will always look at our time at Arizona very fondly, especially this second year, being able to be in McHale and and really feel the energy and the love of, of the, the city and the fans and the support that they provided to not just Dalen, but the team. And then the, the love that was extended to the family uh, from from the fans and people that we ran into on a regular basis. And as far as going forward, <laughs> and I... I just, I, you know, I wish him continued success. I know he's going to work hard. I know there's nothing but hard work on the other end of his name being called. And I think he he's ready to do it. And, and I honestly believe that he will be a future NBA all-star. Al, you did this the right way. You went through it. And again, I always, you know, with parents, people need to remember, this is, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity right here. You guys went through the process. You did your due diligence. You did this right, my man. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. Yep. All right. So we will definitely be in touch. But again, congratulations. I know uh, tomorrow you're going to be watching the game, I or excuse me, the draft, I think, up in Scottsdale. So Yeah. Yeah. We're having a, we're having mm-hmm. a, a formal draft party uh, up, in, up in Old Town Scottsdale. All right. He's Al Terry. I'm Mike Luke. Thanks so much. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. Thank you.